What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Sam, I'm absolutely over the moon today to introduce you to just two incredible humans. We have connected over the conversation that is currently uncommon that the three of us are very dedicated to normalizing. Yes, it is the conversation around herpes, stigma, and shame. I would even transition it away from herpes, stigma, and shame and just call it herpes radical fucking self-ownership, just being so fucking embodied in our worthiness that we couldn't give a fuck what anyone would have to think about us testing positive for the herpes virus. And through our own embodiment, we teach other women to own all parts of themselves too and express all parts of themselves too. It's fucking really cool. Who knew that such an amazing creation could come from something like the herpes virus? What a blessing. Shayna and Amber from Herpes Could Never. I'm so absolutely beyond ecstatic to introduce them to you. If you make your way over to their page, to their Instagram, They're so bold and relentless and brave and sexy in their herpes advocacy. They're funny. They're wild. They're honestly, fam, their Instagrams and their reels crack me up. Like some of them are super fucking sexy. Some of them are very smart. Some of them are super sassy. And some of them I'm just dying laughing. And if you really knew me, I'm not the kind of person who scrolls Instagram to stalk people. However, If I was ever to get stuck in the abyss of social media, it's me in the middle of a sea of very hilarious videos, while some of their videos just tickle me in such a way that I'm just dying of laughter on the inside. And it's not making fun at anyone. You absolutely have to go and see it to understand what I'm talking about. So please, please, please do yourself a favor and make sure that you head to both of their pages. Today, fam, we are going deep on herpes stigma, herpes shame, herpes internalized shame. It is such a cool conversation where you get to hear three empowered, embodied perspectives of how we broke through and break free from our own stigma and shame, our own internalized stigma and shame to own all parts of ourselves. I cannot fucking wait for you to connect with each and every single one of us. If you feel super inspired by this conversation, make sure that you screenshot it, share it to your story and tag us all so that we can connect with you. We cannot wait to meet more, more, more incredible women ready and willing for their own breakthrough. Strap yourself in, fam. Let's fucking go. Oh my goodness. I am so beyond pumped to be sitting here. I feel a little bit like overwhelmed with the fame. I'm just sitting here with the two most incredible women, Amber and Shayna from Herpes Could Never. Hello and welcome to Raw, Real and Vulnerable. Yay. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so I'm actually genuinely so pumped. I was having to shower just before. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to ask them? I'm going to ask them all the things. How will I get everything I need to ask? Ask in 40 minutes. So I just adore the both of you so much. And I'm so inspired by your mission and how you show up in the world and your very sexy dance moves. <laughs> share with everyone who is not as privileged as me to know all about you who amber and shana are and what even is herpes could never all right well i'm shana singleton also known as the herpes goddess and founder of herpes can never i have grown the largest herpes awareness platform because i inspire people to love themselves more 
Our mission at Herpes Can Never is to be at war with the stigma until our community feels comfortable being open about their status and proud of their sexuality. Amber. Thank you. Hey, y'all. So I'm Amber. I am the confidence queen. Um, also watch Amber on the platform YouTube. And I'm the co-founder of Herpes Can Never. And yeah, Shana said our mission, ultimately Herpes Can Never, we're at war with breaking the herpes stigma. And we were founded actually in 2021. And so we're relatively new on the scene as far as advocacy. But like Shana said, we've made this huge impact already just by the way we love ourselves and inspire others to do the same. And yeah, we're not going to stop until the herpes stigma is broken. So we're so excited to be here back. Thank you for having us. Oh my goodness, it is so incredible. So why is it so important to you? It's like making sure that herpes stigma is just out of town. Why? Why that? For me, I had started off as this self-proclaimed self-love coach. I started my journey and I was inspiring the people around me to start their journeys as well. And I started speaking up about it more. In that process, I was in a lot of herpes private Facebook group. And I seen the women expressing that they want to unalive themselves or they're staying in abusive relationships because of their status and they feel like they can't leave. And that wasn't my narrative. So I wanted to make a change. I wanted to change people's lives and give a new perspective to living with herpes, a happy, healthy life with herpes. Yeah, for me, the stigma just hit me so hard. As soon as I was diagnosed, you know, I was 33. I was diagnosed in 2018. And I just felt like I'm old. I'm single. My life is over. Like those are the things that I felt. And I was like, I just felt terrible. And it wasn't until my process of healing and actually really meeting Shana that helped me understand how the herpes stigma is really kind of like a choice, something you choose to identify with in a way. And I had seen so many women similar to her coaching behind the scenes privately who felt this, like the stigma had ruined their lives. And so super personal for me as someone who's experienced it firsthand and also to see so many of my peers, specifically Black women that I just talked to who were, that I just saw so much of myself in feeling like their life was over because of something as, you know, I call it like a figment of my imagination at this point, something but as damning and damaging as the herpes stigma. So that's why I'm super passionate about breaking it just because I know how I felt. I've seen how others feel and now have broken the stigma for myself. I just, I feel this freedom that, you know, I didn't possess prior to my diagnosis. And I love that. Do you believe, Amber, that you are more free now than what you were then prior to herpes? Absolutely, 100%. You know, my YouTube video was titled Herpes Saved My Life. And when I made that the title of my video, I kind of really didn't even know what I meant when I put it. But now, even two years since making that video, it has set me free. It has given me this perspective about myself and about life that I absolutely did not have prior to my diagnosis. So I 100% feel more free post-diagnosis. I love that. You both are so inspiring. And so for women who are watching or men or just anyone that's looking at us and saying, hey, herpes has this hold over me and I'm feeling consumed by the shame and I really do believe it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. It's ruined my life. It's ruined my sex life. How am I going to be able to get love now? What is meant for my life with this on my path? And then they look at people like us and like, well, I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want to be a coach. I don't want to be an advocate for it. I just want to live my life. 
So it makes sense to me that you're talking about it on the internet because you won't be loud on the internet. I don't want, I just want to accept myself and have love with someone. Can you share with that person what you would say? Because I think they maybe might look at us and think, well, breakthrough came really easy for you. But for me, breaking free from herpes, stigma and shame was the hardest and most liberating thing to ever occur for me. I'm curious what your experiences of your own breakthroughs were, how difficult it was and what you would say to that person. I don't feel like the breaking through from the herpes stigma was easy for me, nor was it easy for Amber as well. But I have to say a lot of me breaking free of my own internalized stigma was dealing with my other issues. I tell a lot of the cousins, we call everybody in the herpes community a cousin. I tell a lot of the cousins in the community that energy cannot be created nor destroyed. So we're only living a human experience. So we must make the best of this human experience. And when we find out we have herpes, no one else knows but ourselves and the physician that is telling us. And yet we still feel the weight of the herpes stigma. Why? Because we are the bullies in the mirror. So you have to address the bully in the mirror in order to reach that sense of self-acceptance when it comes to the herpes stigma. And for me, addressing the bully in the mirror wasn't addressing all my limiting beliefs when it came to my diagnosis. It was addressing how I was showing up in this world and the energy that I was putting out there and my triggers and me being a victim and always pointing the fingers. I just had so many other problems that I needed to work through in order to learn how to love myself fully. And in that process, in that self-acceptance of who I was and changing my mindset and changing how I want to show up in the world, naturally, I was breaking down my own internalized stigma when it came to herpes. Amazing. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, so my advice for someone who's like, I just want to be free of it myself. I say like, it's a choice and you just have to choose that choice every single day that you won't identify with what the stigma says about you. Because like Shana said, it was not an easy process. It looks easy now because we're on the internet, but it was very difficult for me. I spent a lot of months questioning how I was going to go on with life until I you know, reached the rock bottom fully. And I was like, okay, am I going to keep doing this every single day, Groundhog Day, feeling like this about myself or not? And I just decided that I couldn't anymore. And so when I decided to tell myself to choose something different every day, I still didn't even really believe what I was telling myself. I just woke up and started started telling it to myself until I started to believe it, right? Shana always says your mind has to arrive to the destination before your body does. And so I just told myself in my mind what what it was going to be for me. And so I would just encourage a newly diagnosed person or a person who has a difficult time with the stigma. It's not going to be something natural to do to just think, okay, I feel great about myself and I have herpes. You're going to have to break some things down in your mind. You're going to have to go against some of your old thought processes and tell yourself something different until you actually start believing it. And that's what I did. But for me, when I hear that, I'm like, this is a massive initiation. You can't be Amber and say, I feel more liberated and free than what I did prior and just think that that was going to be a hop, skip and a jump. It was never going to be an easy life experience. It's a massive initiation that if you want to 
accept and like full grab this liberation that you say that you desire, it's going to be a little bit of work. I mean, um, yeah, a little bit, a lot of it depends on what you are. <laughs> but I, I also never thought, you know, here's the great thing about healing. I never in a million years thought when I got herpes in 2018, that in 2022, I would be co-founding the movement that's going to break the herpes stigma. There's so many things on the other side of healing that you can't see that if you don't take those baby steps, you know, you won't ever, you won't ever know. And so all we see is the bad. All we feel is the bad of the stigma, but we're, we're doing ourselves such an injustice when we don't start that journey of healing, even with baby steps, because with, I always say for every ounce of pain, there is just the complete opposite, like pleasure that you have yet to experience, you know, once you go down the healing journey. And so Yes, definitely work. But I think Shana said it on the live. She's like, you got to pick your heart, Shana. When you talk about to our community, we're talking about picking yeah. your heart. You got to, I mentioned how, you know, we have a support group that we run every Thursday and we're talking to the cousins and they're going through depression and all how they felt about their herpes and it's hard to accept it. And I was like, well, what's harder? living in the sadness, living in that dark place, living in that depression, or actually doing the work, showing up for yourself, holding yourself accountable. They're both going to be hard. You have to choose what hard best supports your peace and your happiness. Mm, I love that so much. It's kind of like going to the gym, really. Like you could eat McDonald's every single day. You could never lose your body and you feel like shit or you could go to the gym and on the first day you go, it's not going to be fun and it's going to be easy to pick up the bear guard. It's going to be easy to not go to the gym and do the work. But after three consistent months of putting in the work, you're going to feel great in your body. You're going to feel more alive. You're going to wear better clothes. You're going to feel sexier. And it just takes pushing through. It's like a little bit of discipline or a lot of discipline to begin with to break free from the thoughts that are trying to stop you from actually having and receiving that liberated experience. And just what you said, Amber, no, there's so much magic on the other side that we can't yet see when we're so fixated and focused on the stigma. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to focus on anything positive if your mind is constantly on the negative. It's hard to focus on the love if your mind is constantly on the hate. Your mind doesn't have time to think about the good if you're choosing to think about the bad. And that's the part, the choosing part. People don't want to accept that maybe I might be choosing some of these beliefs and thought systems. So, you know, what I like to do is ask the community, list all of your limiting beliefs. List them. Then go to the mirror and say them to yourself. Journal how that makes you feel. Did it feel good to talk to your way, talk to yourself that way? Do you want to continue to show up for yourself in that way and, and speak to yourself in that way? Now, write the polar opposite of that limiting belief. If you feel dirty, write the opposite of that. If you feel worthless, write the opposite of that. Then you take your page of limiting beliefs, you burn it. Get rid of it. Say you don't want it anymore. You go back to that mirror and you say out loud your new list of affirmations, which was the opposite of all of your limiting beliefs. And it's on you to make sure that you show up for yourself daily to go in that mirror, whether you believe those words on the paper or not, and you speak life into yourself. 
that is the beginning of the work. That's how you start the work. That's how you start to change your mindset and some of your thoughts and your beliefs by showing up for yourself. I love that so much, Shana. So you're suggesting that mirror work and essentially getting super clear on the limiting beliefs that do exist, stating them to yourself and then deciding, do I even choose this anymore? It might be like, I fucking hate myself. And like literally looking yourself in the mirror and saying, no one's ever going to love you. Your sex life is ruined. And then in that moment, asking yourself, do I actually choose this to be my future? Burn that shit up and rewrite the most empowering, like I deserve, and I'm going to have the most fulfilling, fuck yes, pleasurable sex life. Like, let's just go there first. Is your sex life ruined because of herpes? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Why are you laughing so much, Emma? Because I was just on a live with our community and one of the cousins asked about getting head, like getting oral sex, like. You know, how do you get more comfortable getting oral sex? And I was just like, look, I'm not here for struggle oral sex. I will not participate in somebody giving me oral sex if I feel like in the back of their mind, they're thinking like, oh my God, am I getting herpes right now? Like, or or am I possibly getting it? Like, I will not put myself in this situation. So of course, one of the things, you know, we immediately think about was how, like, how is this going to impact my sex life? How is this going to impact me being able to enjoy sex? And what I had to confront with myself is that, Prior to herpes, hey, I had never asked a guy, you know, show me your test results before we have sex. I had never asked, when's the last time you've been tested? I had never required a conversation about sex prior to sex before herpes. And so I oftentimes was left unfulfilled. I oftentimes was left feeling like he got way more out of this than me, even if parts of it were pleasurable or good. Just the overall experience was like, meh. Since my herpes diagnosis, hey, I had a few, you know, subpar sexual experiences because that was only because I was still stigmatized. That was only because I was still operating from this place like, you know, at least he accepted me. So let me give him, you know, let me give him this. And then I had to work through that. But being on the other side of the stigma, you know, I feel like I've had what is like the best sex of my life just because of how I can show up for myself and I require the person I'm having sex with to show up for me in that way as well. So yeah, my sex life has only gotten better since my herpes diagnosis. Fuck yes to that. I'm a big yes to the pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a common thing. And I know, Shana, you really want to dive into internalized stigma. Do you feel like that shows up quite a lot when the person is still in their, still in their shame, still in their pain, and they, but they know that I've got to disclose because I cannot handle the guilt of not. So I'm going to, and the first person who says yes to me, I almost find like safety and obligation to just like jump there, even though it's not a line, like, actually, I don't really want to go to bed with you. I don't want to date you, but you accept me now. And now I don't have to tell anyone else. I'm going to dive into this and I'm going to start giving to you probably more than what I actually desire to just for the sake of the exchange of acceptance. Do you see that a lot? We see that all the time that was me (laughs) all all the time um someone just wanting to jump in the bed with the first one who accepts their status or someone being in a relationship ignoring all the red flags just because someone has accepted their status something else i've seen is people who don't have herpes who's dating someone with herpes coming to us asking my partner, you know, she is afraid of passing it on to me. I've tried every way to tell her it's okay and, you know, to make her feel secure, but she won't let me touch her. She just hasn't accepted her herpes yet. What can I do to help her? And my response is, oh, 
always, you can't, you can't help her until she decides that she wants to help herself. She wants to go on that journey of self-acceptance. And this is why I stress self-acceptance so much because you can find someone that is perfect for you. You may think is perfect for you and then push them away because you haven't done the work to accept your status. Just last week, Thursday, we had a cousin come on and share with us that she hasn't given her husband oral sex in four years. Her baby's two years old and she's never kissed her baby before. And she hasn't touched herself in four years ever since she found out she has herpes. So, I mean, that's how deep self-acceptance go. You can find a partner who accepts you, but if you don't accept yourself, it's going to show up in that relationship. I love that so much because I have a lot of female clients and they'll dispose and the partners are quite often like, babe, I just think there are bigger things in life. It sucks that it happened to you and I'm sorry that you went through so much pain. I accept you and I choose you. Thank you for being honest with me. And then they're like, cool, and let's move on. And the the partner, the woman with herpes is like, no, 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 no. I have herpes. <laughs> I know you told me and I accept you. Thanks for being honest. Let's like. We've had the conversation now and she's losing her mind about it. What if I pass it? And he's like, babe, I accept that. I'm with you. We're probably going to end up with each other's shit. Like I choose you. And they're on the phone to me like, Beck, what is it that I can say to this woman that will really solidify that even if she passes on to me? Yeah, it's not like my dream, but I'm still okay with it because I love her. What would you say, and I know you're talking about internalized stigma and the woman doesn't accept it within herself, and I hear the nothing can help her. I do believe that there's an element of reassurance that is comforting that could lead her towards potentially acceptance. What do you think the partner can do for that woman? Oh, such a good question. Because <laughs> I'm almost like my experience with so many of our cousins are just you know, prior to starting Herpes Canaveral, when I was coaching people one-on-one and hearing similar stories, it's almost like to the partner, I would say this, kind of like the same thing. I'm here that you, that you said, I'm here. I accept you. I support you. I love you. Or it's not, it's not even a love thing yet. I'm here. I accept you. I support you. But ultimately to a certain degree, I don't feel like there's much more you can necessarily do to the point where you're just going to start compromising. I feel like the integrity of the relationship in a way, because another thing that I've kind of learned from Shayna to be true, when you're trying to love someone or be with someone who doesn't feel that way about themselves, truly love and accept themselves, it might show something that you're lacking in yourself, talking about the partner, right? That I want to overextend. I feel like there's a boundary. There's only so far you can go. Outside of that reassurance and genuinely meaning it, there's going to be a place with beyond that place. You, have, you can stand there like at the gate and be like, okay, I can meet you here, but this is as far as I can literally go. And the person has to be willing to come to a certain place in the middle, so to speak, in order to have a healthy relationship with each other, whether it's you know casual sex, whether it's turns into dating or whether it turns into something long-term in order for it to still maintain a healthy dynamic, I do feel like there's a certain threshold. It's the time you have all been waiting for. If you're listening to this podcast live right now, I am so excited to tell you that the doors for true transformation are finally open. This eight-week high-level fully supported program will support you to break free from your limiting beliefs, break through any thoughts and fears of unworthiness 
activate your voice and unlock the fullness of your self-expression. This is some of my favorite work, fam, which is why this program always sells out. True Transformation is something that has helped previous clients to speak their truth, live from courage, get into alignment with their core desires, confidently get into the dating game, define their standards and powerfully be a stand for those standards, call in their aligned partner, break through and break free from herpes stigma and shame, break free from the fear of rejection, create a healthy and thriving relationship with both food and body and be a part of a connected community of women who more often than not become best friends for life. You are listening to this for a reason. If you're ready to take aligned action, head to the link in the show notes to see your exclusive raw, real and vulnerable podcast community code, complete your application form and get ready to change your life. Let's fucking go. So it's essentially what I'm hearing for the both of you is it's like total self-responsibility of I accept you and yet I'm going to reflect the mirror back that this is your own lack of self-acceptance and I can't do that work for you. It's tough, but that accountability, I mean, it's real. Nobody, a lot of people don't want to hear that. Do you know what? I fucking love that perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the mirror. Acceptance is here and you're still not receiving it and that's showing you it's not me. And it's not herpes. It's what's going on inside of yourself. It's definitely not the stigma and projection from the external world because I'm projecting love and acceptance onto you and you're not receiving it. Therefore, is it herpes? Is it your partner? Or is it what's happening on the inside? If me as your partner keeps trying to extend, keeps trying to give, then that, again, the partner might have to take a look at themselves and be like, why am I trying to pour into somebody who obviously isn't again, have to hold that mirror up to themselves. So again, there's a healthy balance, but outside of that, that's when it can, you know, border into toxic. And Shana, I know that you spoke about the mother who has never kissed her baby. And I know that you're also a mother, right? Yes. So I would love to ask you this question because I've had women who have OCD on cleanliness, walk into their house wearing gloves, never kiss their child. That to me is massive to think of raising a baby whose mother has never, ever kissed them. I'm not a mother yet. I have my own opinions, but I would love to know what your perspective is on that. Okay. So I usually tell the mothers and the fathers within our community that so many people in this world have herpes. The moment your child walks out that door without you, they can shake somebody's hand and get herpes. They can get herpes from another child. They can get herpes so many other different ways outside of you. So it's hard to tell someone, you know, you have to let go of that fear of passing it on because that's not going to go away overnight. But what you do need to work on is your own relationship with herpes. So. I believe that children learn how to love themselves through how their parents love themselves. So if I learn how to accept myself and love myself through my diagnosis and be able to live a happy, healthy life with my diagnosis, if my son were to find out he had herpes, that's going to be his narrative as well. But if I stigmatize myself and I treat this herpes as the worst thing possible, and I don't want to touch him, and I don't want to kiss him, and I'm sad about it, and I express that to him, when he finds out he has herpes, he's going to go through all of those emotions. 
My son now, he has the herpes goddess for his mother. He's six <laughs> years old and he knows all about herpes. So, <laughs> like, I know if he were to find out he had herpes, my baby is going to be okay because then he's learning how to love himself through the way I love myself. So I tell the people who are herpes positive that love yourself more. Learn how to love yourself more. Learn how to accept yourself. So your child has an example of what self-love looks like and knows how to show up for themselves if they were to get herpes, if anything were to happen to them, you know, in their lives. You have to be that example. So beautiful. I'm just thinking now of like bringing your mom to school day and Shana rocking in with her T-shirt. We have our shirts on all the time and we always get stares. And then Shana are like, what are everybody staring at? They're like, oh, okay, it's the shirts. Do people and say hello or do you get lots of cool engagement? What goes on? It's rare. Like some people may ask, you know, but it's rare. We just get a lot of stares. Yeah, definitely stares. It might be similar for you because herpes is such a normalized conversation for me. Like, the word is in my life every day that I kind of forget that herpes stigma exists because for me, it really doesn't. Yes. Like I talk to you about herpes. I talk to my housemates about herpes. talk to my operations manager about herpes. It's just like herpes is everywhere. And so then when I'm sitting in a coffee shop and like someone whispers something to me like, hey, you're Becky Antonucci, right? I have herpes too. And like my housemates would be like, can you go fucking anywhere without <laughs> someone telling you that they have herpes? Then someone else will hear it and be like, what? <laughs> or someone in our gym will be like, what the hell are they talking about? I'm like, oh, it's really not a normalized conversation. Just in my world, it is. You know, we were on the beach. We have like this five foot flag that says herpes can never. And we go to the beach and there's only one lifeguard. And well, it looks like there's only one lifeguard on duty. Literally five minutes later, there was 10 lifeguards <laughs> and these little small lifeguards stand staring at us. <laughs> I had never seen a lifeguard at that station before. And I look over yeah. like... 15 of them, like, all out there, like, looking like, uh, oh, my God. I was like, at least if you're going to stare, record us and tag us so we can go viral already. <laughs> please. <laughs> take a picture. Yes, you can take a picture. Please record us. Don't don't sneak and record. Like, you can pull out your phone. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say it's one of my favorite things about watching the two of you. You two are so entertaining. Like you have a huge mission, such an important message. The passion just oozes out of you. I can feel it on the other side of the screen. But you're also fun, funny, sexy. Like the dancing videos I'm just like in adoration of. But also you put up the funniest videos as well. I love <laughs> it. But you're just like, why do you do that? Why do you be like you? I love it. Tell the listeners why you're making it fun and sexy and like serious and deep and there's nutrition stuff. Like there's all aspects of it. It's so holistic. Why? Well, it's so much shame when it comes to herpes and people experience so much sadness that for me, I want to bring laughter. I want to be able to make the community at least laugh about their herpes virus instead of cry about their herpes virus. And as far as making it sexy, our mission is to, we're, we're at war with the stigma until our community feels comfortable being open about their status and proud of their sexuality. So I want to make content that makes the masses uncomfortable as a way of getting our community comfortable. 
So our community sees relatable posts. Wow, someone's posting about our problems. I'm able to laugh about it. And I'm also learning in the same video while other people who are not used to the topic are kind of bothered. They're kind of uncomfortable. Why are you doing this? It just, it, it helps make this taboo topic less of a taboo topic. You know, it brings it to the table, especially when we're going out in public and we're wearing our herpes shirts and we have our herpes flag. No one might not walk up to us and ask us about it, but they're going to go home and they're going to talk about it. We've seen these two girls with herpes bathing suits on and this big ass giant herpes flag, and they're going to talk about it at the dinner table that night. And you must get that all the time. Like, I don't like your stuff. I don't comment on your stuff. Maybe I don't even follow your stuff because there's so much fear that if I hit the follow button, someone might know that I test positive for the herpes virus. But then they'll randomly out of the blue message you and you've never seen this name on your phone ever before and they're like, you have changed my life. All the time. All the time. Yep. (laughs) And I think another thing that our content is doing, which I'm so proud of, is for the population of the world that's herpes negative or they don't know their status. I mean, so they're you know, in their mind, their herpes negative, or even if they are starting to, you know, I get DMs all the time from people who don't have herpes, like watching your content, watching you and Shana together makes me more open, more accepting, more just interested. I want to know more. I want to understand. I might well, really would date somebody with herpes now simply by watching how you bring such a relatable you know, angle to it. And so I greatly appreciate that part as well. And so I think by hitting with so many, with the humor, with the education, with the sexy, with the life coach aspect, just all these dynamics, with the community, you know, our Facebook group has over 3,300 members. It's growing every single day. Like the community that we're literally fostering, like you cannot possibly feel totally alone when you can join our Facebook group and see how active it is. When you can join our support calls and see how many people are living with herpes and so like that that work is amazing too so yeah all of the relatability i credit a lot of to shana every time somebody we make a funny video i'm always like shana made me do it i just showed up (laughs) all i think of is and i'm in fits of giggles is shana with the green face and i'm just dying and then i end up on your instagram just like binge watching funny videos of people (laughs) The head comes out of the side. I'm like, <laughs> that is Herpiana. She is a character. <laughs> and Amber, I think that's such a beautiful comment because it's something that I've received as well. Thank you. I don't test positive for the virus, but through what you talk about, it's really opened my eyes yeah. to the virus. And the next time that someone sits down in front of me, if that person actually disclosed to me, I think I'd be able to handle it with so much grace and respect and I'd really be open to it. And that's a really great place to go. I find a lot of women who connect with me feel very blocked around whether they can receive acceptance because they feel like the version of them prior would never have accepted someone with herpes. Do you hear that quite a lot? Yes. And that's that bully in the mirror that I talk about all the time. We feel stigmatized when no one knows because we fear who we are, how Mm -hmm. we think. What we believe that goes right back into the internalized stigma. It goes right back into fearing passing on your virus. You don't really fear passing on your virus. You fear passing on the stigma. You fear your partner feeling how you feel about your therapy status. All of that. And when I know, like when I got diagnosed in 2018, right, there was no herpes can never. There wasn't a, a huge social media presence from anybody that I could specifically think of 
that I could reference like, oh, I've seen somebody talk about herpes before. And so to have that now, you know, that's probably a lot of the reason why the stigma hit me so hard because I didn't know anybody else talking about it. I just knew what I thought to be true about it, which really is the stigma. But for instance, now if somebody's newly diagnosed or somebody's potentially thinking about entertaining someone or dating someone who doesn't have herpes, they can say, oh, I, I know I know these girls or I know this guy or I know I've seen this before about it. And so a lot of times people's first experience with hearing about herpes, learning about herpes is their diagnosis or it's a negative joke or a, apart from a movie or a comedian says something. Now, when people get diagnosed or when they think about herpes, they can think about that funny TikTok that's viral on Shana's page, or they can think about looking at my herpes save my life YouTube video, or there's just so much more positive content around herpes that's normalized in a way to where your first introduction to it hopefully has already happened by, you know, the internet somewhere. So I hope that. And that's the truth, right? Because when I got diagnosed, I was like, I just need to find someone who looks like me to make me feel okay for my pain. And I jumped onto Google Doctor and Google Doctor 10 years ago was the most, I still wouldn't recommend it now, but 10 years ago, it was the worst. There was no Shana, there was no Amber, there was no Beck. And that was really my driving force of I literally need to become the woman that I searched for because I looked for me to make me feel okay for my pain and she didn't exist at the time. Mm. And now there's quite a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of us now. It's growing and it's beautiful to see. I don't know about you too, but I've had a lot of people even come to me saying that they've been following me before their diagnosis and they're happy that, you know, they've been following me before their diagnosis because they feel like they're finding out that they had herpes would have been a little bit rough Mm -hmm. if they didn't. Um, We have people showing up to our support group meeting saying, I found out I had herpes three days ago. I go back to when I found out I had herpes again, there was nothing there. I found out in 2015, there was literally nothing. All the doctors do is hand you some antivirals and send you along your way. No information, no ways to handle it naturally, just nothing. (laughs) Not even any encouragement to handle the psychological impact. Like this is actually going, it's not a problem. It's not hard to live with. You're going to be okay. And psychologically, it can be quite impactful for you. So the first thing that I recommend is like a referral out to someone or just even to preempt us. It's just a stigma. And why why do you think it is a stigma? Why is the stigma so heavy on us? Okay. Well, I like to point out that the stigma and the virus are two separate things. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> point that out first. We have to point that out first. My podcast will producer will be like, Beck like that part. Beck really like that part. <laughs> <laughs> and virus are two separate things in case anyone didn't hear that. <laughs> two separate things. The stigma, the herpes stigma and the herpes virus are not the same. Now, the herpes virus can do a lot of positives. I say it's my physical alarm clock. When my symptoms are showing up or if I'm having an outbreak, it's my body's physical way of telling me that my immune system is shutting down. It put me on the path to self-discovery. It showed me all the areas I lack self-love, herpes virus, right? Now, the herpes stigma, I think it's so strong because we all seek validation and we don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. We spend so much time, me included, living for other people. So your identity becomes for other people. 
you do things for other people, for the validation of other people. You never truly get to learn who you are. And that's why the stigma exists, because people care too much about what other people are going to think and feel about them. Once I learned that someone's opinion of me is not going to wipe my behind, feed me, give me an orgasm, put a roof over my head, pay my bills, my mindset started to shift. I was searching for validation from myself instead of validation from other people. And by doing so, I got to learn who I was. Truly, because I never knew who I was up until 2017 when I finally decided I introduced myself to myself and I stopped. I told myself I would not live for the validation of other people anymore. It's a rough process, but it's also a rewarding process. It's a rough process because you get to learn your flaws as well as all the good things about you. And in my own personal journey, I realized why I was hard to love. And I was able to change that for myself. Amber? I think for me, the stigma was so real because of the lack of information I had about herpes prior to getting herpes. All I really knew, again, and I didn't really even know that many negative jokes or negative, you know, I just didn't really know much at all. All I knew when I got herpes is now I have a STD that there's no known cure for. Now I have something that's with me for life from a person who was so temporary at the time. I was putting all this weight and this pressure and the stigma when it really was more so on me being upset with myself about the poor decisions I made, me being upset with myself because I had stuff that prior to herpes, I had had an abortion. I had been in an abusive relationship. I had a bad relationship with my mother. I had all of these life altering things that had happened to me before herpes. Yet I had somehow managed to ignore, avoid, sweep those under the rug, decide that I might or might not ever deal with those things again. But when I got herpes, it was like, okay, this is something I can't ignore because this is something that's going to be in front of me now. It's not in the past. It's in my present and future. So I felt like that's why I really felt the weight of the stigma. And I feel like, again, in my brokenness, the stigma is so easy to identify with because in some way it's difficult, but it's also easy because I get to be a victim. I get to look what happened to me. I got hurt. This asshole from Instagram, this temporary hookup gave me herpes, right? It gave me a pass to continue to feel bad about myself, but I already felt bad about myself before herpes. I just either was in, I was in denial about it or I would become aware of it, but then I would distract myself with doing something that made me feel good so I didn't have to deal with it. And so when you get herpes, you feel that way to the stigma. And it's not until you're really willing to admit that you're choosing that, that you find comfort in the fact that you get to be a person that something's wrong with or something's happened to, that I think that a lot of people don't want to admit that they find comfort in it. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's still around. It's like people like, I would never choose this. But again, I feel like, and both Saina have I've said, but you are choosing it, whether you're conscious of it, aware of it, or willing to accept it or not. I love that so much. I'll always ask people that come into my space, were you just so on top of the world prior to herpes? He's like, you were killing it. Life was amazing. You were having incredible sex. Your relationships were fulfilling. <laughs> you woke up every day, you jumped out of bed and were like, fuck yes, life is here for living. And they're like, no, I was not at all like that. <laughs> In fact, my life was the complete opposite of that. So is herpes the problem? I don't know. It doesn't really sound like exactly. it. Exactly. You know, you know it, herpes becomes the comfort zone 
Again, it becomes the comfort zone. No one wants me because of my herpes. I feel worthless because of my herpes. I can't be in a relationship because of my herpes. I'm having terrible sex because of my herpes instead of dealing with the root of all of those issues. Huge. And so you said there's stigma, the virus, but then you're also very big Shana on internalized stigma. It's come up frequently throughout this conversation, but for someone who doesn't truly understand what that means, what does that mean? It's the acceptance of the stigma. It's not what everyone else is telling you. It's what you feel when you first find out you have herpes. It's not no one taking, telling you a joke or judging you. It's what you think someone is going to say about you. It's how you truly feel about yourself. What you think is going to happen if someone was to find out you had herpes is how you truly feel about yourself. That's the internalized stigma, the acceptance of the stigma, the believing in the stigma. If someone were to tell me they were dirty, I feel dirty. I'm dirty because of my herpes. I'd be like, I believe you. Sounds a little harsh, right? I believe you because you say it and you own it and you own that narrative over your life. And you're telling me that you're dirty because you have herpes. But I can tell you, if you feel dirty, if you believe you are dirty, I believe you, but it's not because of your herpes, because I have herpes too, and I am not dirty. Mm. So why is that dirty word so triggering to you? Is there truth in it? Is there ways in your life that maybe you are showing up maybe a little bit dirty that you need to address? Why? Let your triggers lead you to the unhealed portions of yourself. We speak spells. If you speak that over your life, that is going to be your reality. You have to want to speak something else into your life. So if you own it, I believe you, but I'm here to tell you it's not because of your herpes. Because look, I'm standing here and I'm not dirty and I'm not worthless and I am deserving of love. And we both have herpes. (laughs) I love that so much. Do you find that lots of people look at you as inspiration? You're amazing. I accept you. You're my, you're my pillar or my beacon of light. But I judge myself for the same thing that I don't judge you for. So how can you look at me and say that I'm your greatest inspiration? Am I dirty? And they'll often respond back, no, 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 you're not dirty. Am am I disgusting? Is my sex life ruined? Do I not deserve to live life or a fulfilling life? Am I unworthy? No, I don't think that about you at all. Like, well, it's not fucking herpes then. That part. That's great. I've had that conversation. I know, right? I feel like we all have at some point. That's so spot on though. Like dead ass what you said back for real. So few wrap up questions. Is it hard to live with herpes? The only time it's difficult for me is when I'm experiencing nerve pain. One of my prodrome symptoms before an outbreak is I get this bad nerve pain on my right leg from my right toe all the way up to my right thigh. That could be the worst part about herpes. You know, I don't want to downplay herpes because most people can have an easy life with herpes, but there's 10 to 15% of people who actually do experience outbreaks and some people who are, their immune system is compromised and they Mm -hmm. deal with back-to-back-to-back outbreaks constantly. It can be hard for some, but overall, the majority Let's just be frank. Majority of people with herpes do not experience symptoms. It can be easy living with herpes. But for those of us who do experience symptoms, the hardest thing about my herpes virus will be my nerve pain. Mm, Can I ask how you support yourself when you're going through that nerve pain? What is it that you do? Stretching. Um, I do stretches for the sciatic nerve. 
It's my HSV2 that triggers that nerve pain. So the sciatic nerve is the nerve ending for everything below the navel. And then the trigeminal ganglion is the nerve ending for everything above the navel, which is normally associated with HSV-1. But with evolution, we know that both types can be found both above and below the navel. But yes, I stretch and I provide stretching exercise in my herpes diet and remedies ebook as well. Amazing. And is that available for purchase? How do we get our hands onto your ebook? Yes, it's available for purchase on www.herpesgoodnever.com. Um, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, and I agree. I mean, for me, it's been very, very easy to live with the herpes virus and I've gone years without outbreaks. And then I have worked so much this year, taken on a business coach, personal development course, a master coach certification, doubling down on my business, employed staff. And I got an outbreak month for three months straight. And I was just like, my body is a fucking miracle. She's telling me, like, I need rest, I need sleep, I'm on my phone too much, my nervous system is dysregulated, I'm on all the time, and my body spoke to me. My body is speaking to me, I needed to slow down. And when I don't, my body will tell me. And for me, that's why I think it's such a a weapon in my back pocket, number one, to believe in myself, to be so attuned to what I need, that when I don't listen to what I need, my body will start to yell. I think that's so good, Beck. It's so important to hear Shana speaks about her outbreaks and her prodrome symptoms, how you speak about yours, you know, being asymptomatic, because I feel like I hear so many of the cousins or so many people in the community trying everything in their power to avoid having an outbreak, to like they're living in this ruminating mindset, like, or if they are asymptomatic, like, oh my God, is one ever going to come? Or if they do experience outbreaks, trying everything in their might mentally fearing an outbreak when again look what it does for you look what you're able because you know your body because you spent time with yourself look what it literally could do like the positives in it so i just want to make sure it's on record for you know even deeper than being asymptomatic herpes it's not hard living with herpes you're choosing your perspective and even going back to the beginning of the podcast if it is hard You still have to choose your heart. Life is going to present itself and life is going to life regardless of us. We we can only control so much, but hard isn't always necessarily a bad thing. Love that so much. So final two final questions. Number one, for any person listening that is diagnosed and at war with their acceptance, what is one piece of advice that you would share with that person? I would say celebrate the fact that you're aware that you're struggling with accepting. That's huge. Like realizing that awareness is huge. And then your decision or you're not accepting or being at war with accepting is standing between you and your healing. And so we, a lot of times in life, we're the ones standing in our own way. And so this is an opportunity for you to step aside, for you to even stand still for a minute until you get yourself together in order to start moving forward, just to realize that there is so many different perspectives for the exact same circumstance. So just remember how much power you have in your choice of acceptance. That's what I would say. Amazing. Yes. For someone who is just finding out that they had herpes, what would be my advice? If I can go back to my younger self, my advice that I would give my younger self would be different than I would give to someone who is just finding out they have herpes. I always tell the person who is just finding out they have herpes that 
No one else knows but you. So it's time to address the bully in the mirror. And I always say that don't allow herpes to get in the way of you loving yourself wholeheartedly and unconditionally. And you do everything in your power to make sure that you get there in this lifetime. Do not accept this narrative. I understand the stigma. I felt the stigma, but I reject it. And that is the difference between me, a lot of the other advocates, and majority of the community is that we felt the weight of the stigma and we rejected it. And we did everything in our power to change our perspectives around our diagnosis. And I suggest that anyone finding out they have herpes to get into that fight for themselves, to want to do that for themselves. Now, my younger self, I wouldn't tell Shana that. What I would tell my younger self is you've been through so much already. Your father was murdered. You've been through molestation. You've been through an abortion. You've been through a raid. You've been through abuse from police officers. You've been through so many things and you've overcome. You will overcome this too. You're such an amazing woman. Thank you. Wow. So much adoration for you, Shana. I love you. Thank you. Final question that I ask all my guests, I'm just in my wow, wow moment right now, is the podcast is called Raw, Real and Vulnerable. So I'm curious what it means for your life to be raw, real and vulnerable. First of all, I'm obsessed with the name. (laughs) (laughs) All the things that you are that I love and appreciate about you for sure. And that's definitely how you show up (laughs) back in the world is raw, real and vulnerable. It just means... As long as I can be okay, as long as I'm okay with who I am, no one else's acceptance matters. Like at the end of the day, I don't need anyone else to be okay with any of my choices. That's the raw of it. When I put my YouTube video out, I literally went to bed that night and was like, if my family never speaks to me, because I didn't tell my family, if nobody ever talks to me again, if I never get married, if nobody ever wants me again, I want me. And that is freedom again. And so that's the real, you know, point I really, I reached in 2020. So just as long as I maintain that respect and appreciation for myself and my choices with whatever life happens, you know, whatever life throws at me and whatever comes, that's how I feel like I'm going to live raw, real and vulnerable and being able to just share the lessons and share through vulnerability, how some of life's, you know, worst moments and air quotes have turned into the most life-changing, powerful, impactful, for positive reasons, things that have ever happened in my life. So I'm going to continue to honor Amber by me being okay with that and that being enough for me. Amazing. And for you, what does it mean to be raw, real, and vulnerable uniquely in your own life? There's power in my story. There's power in my journey. And I'm very much aware that I've been put here to to raise the vibrations on this earth, light worker. And with my vulnerability, with my rawness, with my realness came a lot of self-awareness and accountability, self-accountability, holding myself accountable. And it's important for me to stay raw, real and vulnerable for the sake of my son and the generations that come after me. I am a generational curse breaker and it's on me to show up for myself in this way so that we can continue the healing 
on after me instead of passing on traumas we're passing on healing thank you so much to the both of you for being with me i'm going to put all the details of both of you and her never in the show notes you are yes i'm just so much and can we just like a like a set to talk about and just give you your flowers back and just how you show up like you show up with the biggest herpes can never energy all the way across the whole different side of the world literally showing up with you know just even going back to our virtual retreat that we did just your energy and your again the way you stand up and the way you empower women and by your own example, it's so good. And it's, you feel like a peer, you feel like a sister and you definitely going to be on the beach with us in our matching. <laughs> God, they're going to teach me how to sexy dance. I think my boyfriend might laugh at the idea of it, but um, you're going to teach me. I mean, I'm gonna teach you. and I'm be breaking it down. We will teach you. I want a t-shirt. I want one of those full piece bathing suits and I'm going to do a sexy dance. You got it. Beck, you are literally the perfect reflection. The people I want to surround myself with and want to be proud of. If I'm reflecting something I don't like, I want to change it. And when I see you, there's nothing I want to change. So thank you for that. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.